0: Welcome, you guys. You are listening to the Pre Rounds Podcast, and this is our second episode. We are number two, down on the pipe. We are doing this. If you tuned into our first episode, Hannah and I just gave ourselves a quick introduction and kind of revisited, you know, what medical school has been like. But we talked afterwards, and we're like, man really want to have the opportunity to dive deeper, and, you know, this 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 topic about growing pains in medicine is a, it's a topic that we're going to revisit, and for today, we're really just giving our <laughs> six-month medical student first year's perspective, and over time, we, we love to get more uh, people, second, third, and fourth, and even attending and residents to come revisit this topic, because I don't think you ever stop growing, and that's a good thing, right, and so, this is definitely a topic we're going to come back to, but we did feel like today we wanted to dive a little bit deeper on this topic. So, thank you for tuning in, and yeah, we will, um, I don't know, Hannah, how how are you doing today? Today? Yeah, today, or this week?
1: Yeah, huh, this week was a little rough. Yeah. I mean, I always, it was, it's a short week, we had a holiday on Monday, mm-hmm. but, you know, I used to think those were awesome, and now I hate them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I feel like whenever we have a short week, um, it kind of takes the motivation away for me to study.
1: Yeah, because usually Monday it sounds so bad as like my reset day mm-hmm. for like, okay, I'm getting like I have to do this, and mm-hmm. I didn't get that this week.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry.
1: Did you get that this week?
0: I don't know if I ever have a reset day. Unfortunately.
1: Oh no. Yeah,
0: it's just <laughs> a constant grind, which we would talk about today. So. We kind of separate this topic about growing pains in medicine into three ways. Uh, one is school-related. The second is patient-related. Um, and then the last one is empathy um, development. And it's not to say that we didn't have empathy before starting school, right? Like, we did. But I think as you're going through this. I it, hope we did. Yeah. It continues to develop, you know, and. What I find fascinating is like how do I maintain my humanity while going through all this? Because it's tough; it pulls on you. And we'll we'll re- we'll discover and uh, visit those topics today. So, why don't we start first about just school related, Hana? What are what are some growing pains you've experienced school related wise?
1: Uh, okay, so like school related, I mean there are so many things that have improved. Like you know, I've learned how to study better. and mm-hmm. I know how to use Anki now, and that sort of thing. Well. Some, a little bit. Oh, my (laughs) God!
0: Anki. Like, I get so upset with you about Anki. Well,
1: that's a different, that's a different podcast episode.
0: That's a different, that's that's a different topic. We'll revisit that when we do study (laughs) tips, but sure, go on.
1: But um, at least, like, in the terms of things that, uh, like, have changed in school for me, I think is, like, becoming more familiar with failure Mm. and understanding how that presents for me and, just like trying to give myself a lot of grace Mm. and also giving people around me grace too because in my head I also like school related changes of thought like I compare myself a lot Michael knows this because he always talks me down (laughs) but I always compare myself to others and I have to make sure I'm giving myself grace and the people around me grace too it's you know, med school is really hard, like we talked about, and mm-hmm. it's a constant struggle. And it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. All these yeah. classic sayings, but I don't know, Michael. What do you think about that?
0: I mean, I feel failure is—it's it's something that is a fluid <laughs> definition for me, right? Like flow gradient. Please don't don't <laughs> start with that now. We the 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 inside joke for flow gradient is that we have um, a class or. Uh, A specific professor who loves flow gradients. And don't get me wrong. I I agree with them. It's a
1: good concept. It's a
0: good concept. I agree with them. But it's brought up so oftenly that we just, like, our whole class is kind of making a joke out of it. But, you know, they they work really hard to teach us this subject and make it very simplistic as possible. But, yeah, I think failure, man. I mean, we kind of talked about failing that syllabus quiz. (laughs) And I kind of... I think I don't I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but um, I think prior towards undergrad, I did not excel academically speaking. What really? Yeah, no, I had a 0.6 GPA one semester. Point like zero point. Yeah, like zero point six. Yeah, not even a oh, one in dang. front of that. You, I honestly, that's quite impressive. I feel like you. Yeah, really how have to... did you do that? <laughs> I, I, was is apparently terrible. You know, here yeah. I am now. So well, I know. Funny enough, one growth. of growth. One girl, right, legit. One of my good friends, who's now a uh, resident, we were grabbing lunch the other day, and they were like, "Wow, look at us!" Like, and they finished number two in my high school, like straight out of like went to a top tier school, screaming high MCAT, and just one of the most humble and genuine people I know, and they <laughs> kind of a savage too. And they said, "Uh, wow, look at us! Like, I worked so hard to be where we are, right?" Like, um. And then high school, right, like, you were where you were. I was where I was. And we both ended up in the same spot. And he's like, why did I work so hard? I'm like, dude, what do you mean? You're just shooting me down. So I think um, experiencing failure earlier in life, it, you know, being at the bottom, it kind of, sure, I felt bad. But I think for me, I kind of harnessed that energy and said, like, how can I improve on that? And medical school has definitely grown that depth of failure even more because they're like failing that syllabus quiz oh my gosh i felt like such a failure i was like this is the one thing that is going to stop me from being a doctor like seeing like 30 40 percent as we started school and it counted gave me so much anxiety um and then obviously there's exams and quizzes and stuff but honestly it it has changed how i define and how i let it affect me because i feel like oftentimes in life right we we, we we can do your best and sometimes it's just unfortunate, but how we respond to that matters. So it has definitely developed me as a, like my character as a person. Um, and it's given me a lot more understanding for others as well. So, and then kind of where you're talking about compare yourself for others, I still struggle with this. Okay. Like, honestly, for me, uh, school related wise, like, I, I feel so guilty if I'm not studying or doing something. Like, if I feel like if I let my Anki build up, <laughs> like right now, my, my overdue cards are insane. Oh, no. And it's because I took off a few days. Like I took off a few days after we finished our block just to reset. And now it's built up and I don't think I can ever like finish it. I'm like 4,000 cards due. And like if I do 300 cards an hour, I'm, I'm spending the next 15 hours doing Anki and I don't know how much I'm going to actually absorb from it. So I feel so guilty when I'm not studying, we're doing something like, I'm, I'm kind of glad I don't live with my students. Cause if I lived with my students and they're studying while I'm taking a break, that, I, that would just grow. And that's something I've noticed about myself. Like one of the growing pains is like when we, what you we were saying is giving yourself grace. Right. And you know, and how I define grace, right. I think about it like this, where, um, like, you know, have you ever heard that grace, mercy, forgiveness, uh, triarchy? Uh,
1: not really. Actually. So,
0: Forgiveness is like, I forgive you, right? Mm-hmm. What happened, happened, and I'm letting that go. Mercy is I'm withhold- is a combination of forgiveness, where okay. it's like, something happened, right? I forgive you, I'm letting it go. But I'm also going to withhold a consequence from you, right? Because you can forgive somebody, but there can still be consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Grace is a combination of all those, but it adds a, another layer of, I'm going to do something for you, mm-hmm. although you don't deserve it. And it's like, well, deserve it doesn't, but essentially it's like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're doing something nice for somebody or for yourself, and for me, I think it was, I'm giving myself grace to say, like, I'm giving myself permission to take rest, I'm giving myself permission to step away and detach, because, like you said, this is a marathon, and I feel less guilty when I do that, and um, I guess another thing for me, school-related, is, like, I have so much less time, control, <laughs> and autonomy, and, no, seriously, if you're, a mas- if you're a pre-med listening to this, or if you're a fellow med, med student, like, I feel like for the pre-meds, enjoy your free time now yes. because you're never going to have it again. And that, sound, that sounds so bad, but medicine can be very per- uh, Excuse me, pervasive,
2: mm.
0: not persuasive, pervasive. <laughs> medicine is very pervasive if you let it. And there's small rooms, like small wins here and there that we can get back. But generally speaking, like, I don't know, how how often do you study a day?
1: I study all the time, but I just thought of a funny image of mm. a placenta. Why? Um, invading the maternal tissue, and that's what I—that's oh. how medical school is. Sorry, that's just we had—we're learning about reproductive and stuff. What this is week. the
0: maternal tissue's name? <laughs> the tissue. Which one? <laughs>
1: well, which one do you want? The basalis? Yeah, there we okay, go. Okay, look. Yeah. yeah.
0: There we go. That's the one. Let's that's, go. That's the one we want. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, no, it's very pervasive.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think one like other school related thing that I feel like you can relate to as well is, um, like having FOMO, mm. like, oh, uh, <laughs> like all of my friends that I went to undergrad with or high school or whatever, Yeah. they're all, you know, getting married and doing like making money and having careers. Must be nice. I know. We need money.
0: <laughs> um, Wait, you were a nurse before.
1: I was, but it's still like
0: that must sting a lot more.
1: Well, it's like you know, you you're going into this career where you you know you're working towards something which is great, but then you see that everybody else is like achieved. That's in quotes. If you can't live on the podcast, and you can <laughs> you can Honestly, achieve bunny ears right now. Bunny ears, <laughs> yeah. your goals. Like you feel like they've reached like what they wanted, and you're still like not there you're Mm -hmm. you know you're reaching for it it's gone it's keeps like it's further and further away but in reality like you know we are working towards something really noble it's super awesome and I think having that FOMO and social media and seeing that is Mm -hmm. really hard for me Mm -hmm. because like we're sitting and there's mountains outside
0: yeah and I feel like that's that kind of goes hand in hand with um like comparing yourself to others yeah right like the, feel, the, the fear of missing out on life. And, <laughs> no, seriously, right? Because like when you invest yourself into medicine, you're investing the next decade and so into yeah. a career. So if you started at 24, you're ending at 34. Right? Essentially, yeah. I'm 27. Oh, sorry, I'm 28 now.
1: Oh, happy belated birthday. <laughs> no, this was in July. I just forgot how old I was. Oh, that's but, what medical school does to you. <laughs> yeah, but then essentially,
0: right, like I'm not done until I'm 38. It's like, at what point do I have a family? At what point do I start dating? At what point do I start getting my, my in quotations, life together? But yeah. at the same time, I am getting my life together by having this profession and being very grateful for it. Yeah. But FOMO is huge. Um,
1: it's such a balancing act.
0: I know, for me. Like, <laughs> like I mean, you know how big of an extrovert I am. So anytime I check onto social media, right? if I'm not in that crowd of my friends, I'm like, darn. <laughs> 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 like, it must be nice. And, you know, sometimes they'd be sending me pictures and i just silently cry
1: yeah you know?
0: but i think the the biggest thing is about having good boundaries and balance because like we were kind of talking about earlier it can be it can be it can invade so much of your life in aspects you just don't know and once you do it kind of just i think that's why a lot of us have anxiety like you're 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 doing this thing knowing that it's good for you professionally but in so much of your life is being gifted up for it so
1: that's why i think i mean this is another topic that we could delve into later but um like having a really good support system in mm-hmm. whatever way you need it, I think is awesome. And like surrounding yourselves with yeah. like minded people is yeah. also helpful.
0: Yeah, I think for our topics today, like that's um, that's just like the one thing that can encompass so many different yeah. multitude of like, you know, not sins, but like it does cover multiple grounds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I yeah, it's you know what, like if you're listening to this and you're a uh, messed in, we get it. Sounds easy, hard to do, right? And Super you, hard. If you're a pre-med, we highly employ you to start as having good boundaries now, Yes right like you, you feel like you have to grind and trust me, we get it. we were in your shoes <laughs> a couple months ago. like if you want to look at our CVs, like we've we have done a lot to get to where we are, but I really wish I would have had better boundaries before I started medical school because trying to figure out those boundaries before I started till now, it would have made things so much easier. Like, you can't run away from your problems, right? You have some... At some point, you have to face them. And if you don't ever face them, you're not going to develop.
1: Yeah. And sometimes, like, setting those boundaries, I think, in itself is a painful thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I want to spend time with my family. Like, they're visiting. Mm -hmm. And I don't see them often. But Mm -hmm. I have to set those boundaries, even though it kind of hurts me and hurts them. Like, we all understand and communicated that it's something, essentially, we have to do. Yeah. So... And that's a growing pain of medicine. <laughs>
0: yeah. I You know, when we were brainstorming topics, like we, we mentioned patient-related, and I think you have such a, like, wealth of, ex- like, insight into this. Be- no, because your, your profession before as a nurse, right, like you were by that side
2: mm-hmm. most of
0: the time with the patient, right, and not so much on this side of medicine, but on the other side of it, like i employed a nursing model. How – what are some growing pains that you've seen from the patient perspective where you're, through your patient inter- uh, interactions?
1: I was like, from a patient perspective. uh, Yeah, we've all been the patient at some point. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Like Michael said, I was a nurse for, like, I think four and a half years. No, three and a half, four-ish years Mm -hmm. before I started med school. Um, Yeah, I graduated really early from that, so I was able to, like, start in medicine. And, like, at the time, I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if this is what I wanted.
0: We still don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Still don't know.
1: But um, at least in that regard, I don't know, it gave – I was – It was awesome. Like Michael said, you're at the bedside for 12 hours a day, 12 plus, depends on the day. But um, just being really in contact with your patients, it helps you learn how to set boundaries. It helps you learn how to be empathetic and how to also just deal with what medicine is at its core, which Mm -hmm. is your patient. Um, I have a lot of stories, but I actually want to hear what you have to say on this, just because I've always been on that side. Mm-hmm. of medicine thanks for
0: pivoting and making me go first no
1: I I know I'm so so like, that wasn't intentional but I really don't understand because I've come from like that's my background sure I don't understand this like what it comes from like from a sp- basic sciences standpoint and I want to hear that before I elaborate more
0: mm. um gosh I think growing pains you know I have never felt so helpless yeah when it comes to Patients, because right now, because we just started, um, you know, I don't know a lot. I mean, I can understand the etology of the pathology that we're talking about or what may be going on, right? But as far as treatment options, how I treat the, like, I I don't know. I don't feel comfortable giving that kind of advice right now, right? Like, I know what the book says, but medicine is both a science and an art, mm-hmm. right? You, you have to be able to communicate with your patients. You have to be able to like read the room, which some of us are not as great (laughs) as doing i i never felt like i shied away from being approachable um but one thing that my growing pain is balancing between my humanity and my sanity Mm
2: -hmm.
0: because there's so many so much unfair unjust things happening there i think of two two experiences and Unfortunately, they both deal with very young patients, and mm. that's kind of where my heart breaks a lot. My first patient that I ever saw was mauled by two huskies at a very compromised position on their body, mm. and they were induced, right, into sleep, to heal, and it was getting really bad as far as their healing uh, was concerned. And you just, I just saw their mom there by the bedside kneeling praying and it made me think about my mom and honestly like like just knowing there was nothing uh, there was nothing I can do but just like offer a hand I, I get it like you know when you're there emotionally for somebody and that's all you can do I'm not trying to sell myself short but I wish I would have been able to do more
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then um, I think another one is like you know you you know that there's going to be tragic stories, mm-hmm. but then going through it, like in the room is a different experience. Yeah. Um, I had another patient where they were uh, diagnosed with a autoimmune disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, a really bad one for the GI. Um, I'm trying to be as like,
1: he's being HIPAA compliant. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying, watching. I'm, don't trying, worry.
0: I'm trying to be like very like, you know, um, yeah, I don't want to get in trouble, but yeah. So I had a patient where a very young patient, uh, autoimmune disorder uh, malabsorption very underweight extremely anemic you can see just how pale they were mm-hmm. and they also contracted a sti
1: oh, those are always the hard ones
0: yeah and right away the attendees like i don't care who's in that room they're not allowed to be there anymore because the perpetrator can be among us mm-hmm. and i'm trying to find my own bias right like we talk about your your own bias and checking in your check-in room right and then after meeting the parents, you just knew. Mm-hmm. You just knew. And it took everything in me not to, be angry, mm-hmm. to remain objective. And yeah, after that visit, I I checked out awards, um, and I just sat in my car-, car and like cried for like thirty minutes, because it's a it's a young young patient. Mm-hmm. They don't deserve this. There is no meaning behind this and just the horrific scenes that they may have experienced leading up to this point, like, I don't see how that doesn't scar somebody. And, like, I think about, like, post-operative care, right? Like, what happens next, right? Like, then you, we rip a kid from their family, rightfully so, because they're in danger. But, like, how do we, how do we restore their humanity? Yeah. And for me, leaving this room, knowing that I can't do anything, how do I leave this room not desensitized to the suffering of others and yeah. maintaining my own sanity because I can't... Because after this, after I check out of this hospital, I need to sit down and study for the next six hours. Yeah. And I can't think about you if I'm studying because I can't focus. And that's a hard part about as far as the patients are related. How do I find a balance between my sanity, my humanity? Because I don't want to become callous.
1: Yeah, I think that's like kind of the, been the biggest struggle for me is, you know, I started working and I I worked through COVID mm-hmm. and that was a really hard time for healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was getting sick. Patients were passing away. There were no supplies. You know, everything was really hard. And I will say I have become very calloused mm-hmm. and it's so sad. Um, it's just like, it's sad. It's something that sadly does happen, but like, like you said, you do have to learn how to bring back that humanity, Yeah, and I think part of that, for me, was, like, working with patients again, um, mm-hmm. like, in regards to, you know, your story with kids, I did a stint in a adolescent psychiatric hospital, mm-hmm. and the stories that they told, and, you know, the experiences that they've been through, it really... One makes me grateful, Mm -hmm. but also sometimes like I would, you know, I couldn't go to work that day because Mm -hmm. that patient was there. And I, you know, it was hard to draw boundaries for that for myself, like Mm -hmm. personal boundaries. And I think one thing, like one way I kind of cope with it is it's probably not the healthiest way, (laughs) but I I put things like into boxes. I'm like, okay,
0: Mm -hmm. like you compartmentalize. Yeah.
1: And it's helped you know, like in terms of studying here and like that was during my pre-med years. So I would definitely go to work and be traumatized by these kids that, you know, have experienced these sexual assaults. Um, A lot of them have attempted and were almost successful with, you know, suicide. And it was really hard and heartbreaking because these are kids that have so much potential, so much to offer the world. Mm -hmm. Even at their lowest points, they're bright, they're intelligent and just like their spirit is like Oh, like they're kids, mm-hmm. and, like you said, it's you feel helpless, you don't know what to do, like coming from nursing side, like we do see everything, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's easier to like have hope, I think, when you see all of it but i'm I'm nervous and I'm also like that's why I've been shadowing a lot is I'm excited to see how, as a physician, we could cont- keep that humanistic side and keep that in mind when we're treating mm-hmm. instead of just understanding the books. Mm-hmm. The ideology, the pathophys—I think keeping mm-hmm. the human, human side is awesome and important.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely been my growing pain there. Where, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out, and you know, I don't think, I don't think I have a definitive answer yet. But um, having, having a support system, I think, definitely helps with that. Because mm-hmm. I did call, you know, I, did, I called my mom, I called some of my my my, my friends who are residents, and you know, they they share some of their stories and. What they've gone through, and it's, it there is comfort in knowing that you're not alone. Yeah, right. And like, I don't think, yeah, I I don't. I hope I never get to the point where I do become callous to to yeah. things because, like, I think that's one of my strengths about being vulnerable mm-hmm. to others, to patients. Is like, it it's, it shows your own care and humanity, and and your ability to empathize with others. So, yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, and I even thought about, you know, this is how it's, like, my first year. What is it going to be like when I'm my third and fourth year where I'm in the hospital constantly? Because, mm-hmm. like, that's tough. I don't know if I can do that every single day, you know, so.
1: I, I don't know. I was reading, there's this quote from uh, Harvard
0: mm-hmm.
1: by um, a doctor there. Um,
0: Conveniently, we have it pulled up on our yes, Google Docs. I
1: did. Um, and it talks about vulnerability and I think like that's when I worked in hospice cause I also did that. I mm-hmm. think that was the best way for me to connect with family and with the patient is really be vulnerable with myself and have like those boundaries still, but being able to share and have a sense of community cause mm-hmm. you know, we're all human and it says as physicians, we will be in the unique position to see our patient's vulnerability and help transform it into healing. To do that, we Need to see that we are not fundamentally different from our patients. We are all human and therefore all vulnerable, yeah. and that's a powerful and beautiful thing. I thought she articulated that really well,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I totally agree with that because, yeah. I mean, we can be upset. We can be like hateful towards you know whatever, mm-hmm. like like for example, one time I had to, <laughs> I was I was in the ER and we had a a person a rapist come in,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I had to treat him. And mm-hmm. that was really hard for me because they brought the kid in earlier.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And things like that, it's like, you know, I have to take a step back. I have to check myself, put yeah. up those boundaries. Yeah. But then also or, I have to be vulnerable yeah. and be empathetic.
0: Yeah. Or like the other scenarios where like you realize that you're treating the the drunk who just murdered a whole family by driving. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like and to main, remain objective, to see is still the humanity of others, right? Yeah. It's, you know, I think... Um,
1: it's so hard. It's yeah. like, it's like going to be a growing pain forever.
0: <laughs> but I think, it, you know, it's as as people who want to be healers and, and and meet somebody at their most vulnerable points, we don't pick and choose who our patients are. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm learning too, where, you know, we we can't. And justice still needs to be served, mm-hmm. right? But I won't be the one serving it. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, that's why there are jds <laughs> for that you know respect to our lawyers
1: we um, love them
0: <laughs> yeah so yeah. and i love that fact that you brought that up where it's like being vulnerable with ourselves uh, in our struggling us to see the humanity the, the humanistic aspect of our patients you know i, I think um yeah do you, have, did you ever read that book uh when breath becomes air <laughs>
1: i love that book do
0: dr calafi what calafi is that
1: called Col- Col- here i'll
0: look it up dr paul
1: Dr. Paul. We're going to go with Dr. Paul. I think it's Dr.
0: Paul, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's Paul.
1: Anyway, we know the book.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, if you're, I feel like if you're a pre-med and you haven't read that book yet, that is essential.
1: Kalanithi. K-A-L-A-N-I. T-H-I. Yeah, this
0: is why I didn't study English. So, yeah, any any of the any of the pharmac pharmacology drugs like about four syllables, I give up on. So. Like, blah, 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 blah. yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> so, Um But yeah, if you if you are um, yeah, if you it's have a, not read that book, I cried. I cried too because you know you think about like all the hard work and that, I feel like that hits home for us because we're in this shoe. Don't like, for, ruin the book for how hard you work. <laughs> And to have your life extinguished like that. There's no surprise. At what I, happens I know at it's, this point. it's in it's, the synopsis.
1: It's a great book. Just you need read to it. read
0: it. So, yeah, I think, yeah, that's yep. and on it. Also like another, another book I would highly recommend. It's called "Why bat, white Bad things happen to good people by Harold Kushner. Um, just give a quick synopsis like it's a book about how this rabbi mm-hmm. has a somewhat progeria so kind of accelerating cells and these children normally die around 17 like pretty early because their cells are just rapidly maturing and they have you know the same hypocellular activity as a older patient and he kind of wrestled with this question like why do bad things happen to good people mm-hmm. and Not trying to ruin it, but much of it is, like, it gives us the ability to see the goodness in others. So, yeah, definitely check it out, for sure, for sure.
1: Yeah, I think, like, the big takeaway point is, like, being vulnerable with ourselves and, like, what we're struggling with, Mm -hmm. be it school-related, (laughs) personal-related. Right now, for us, it's a lot of school-related stuff.
0: A lot of school-related, yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, that being vulnerable with ourselves and like being honest with ourselves, like allows us to better connect with patients mm-hmm. and to be more human and helps us grow as providers.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. This idea of empathy. wait okay. <laughs> So I have the definition pulled up here, right? It's the ability to understand and share the feelings of, of others. How has medicine grown you in that perspective?
1: Um, good question michael (laughs) it's a really big question
0: you want me to go first again i'll go first again
1: um if you want to you can i mean i think oh wow
0: oh wow i don't know yeah there's a train like i don't know if our. (laughs) If it didn't
1: pick it up we both i like trains just cool choo choo anyway back to empathy (laughs) um how has medicine changed my empathy
0: or grown it grown
1: i think it's done both i think I mean, going into medicine, you already kind of have some baseline sense of empathy, a little bit, I feel like. And I think medicine and exposing yourselves to all these different people with different backgrounds, different stories, different histories, different disease processes, different everything. I mean, medicine's so individualized. Um, you get, you grow. Empathy grows. And I think interacting with more patients just makes me realize that. I mean, every person has a different experience with it, and you just have to understand that and be willing to have an open mind to understand what they're seeing and what their experience mm-hmm.
0: is. Yeah, I, you know, I think um, for me, I, you know, we all talked about empathy a little bit on our personal statements or our <laughs> secondaries, but truly being a medical student, being here for such a short time, has gave me deeper meaning behind it. You know, not only has it expanded upon my ability to see the blight and misfortune in others, right? But on my own side, it's given me just such a grateful spirit too. You know, I I will forever be grateful for my health, for my friends, and just for the little things in life. You know, I, I honestly, like, you know, this podcast, I feel like only shows part of who we are. Yes. Hana knows that I am just like this huge extrovert that mm-hmm. probably makes a bigger deal out of things than I need to. I'm very, I exaggerate a lot. Okay. Like if I got a paper cut, I'm telling you I fought in a war. Like, <laughs> Yes, that,
1: that is accurate. <laughs> and
0: I, it's made me so grateful and it's honestly tone that down to where, I'm less phased by the small things in life, the things Mm -hmm. that, you know, would normally irk me. Um, They don't now. And it's largely because of the patient experiences I've had where you just see how unfair life is sometimes and you have an opportunity to restore a little bit of humanity to somebody and being able to practice that, trying to put yourself in their shoes, see what they're going on, listening to their story Mm -hmm. You know, and I hope that something I experienced in my life may bring them um, peace Mm -hmm. and and solitude and and a moment that's painful for them. It's helped me expand upon my ability to be um, there for somebody. And yeah, I just don't get worked up as much. And you start also noticing the little things in life too. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but being a (laughs) a medical student has made me uber uh, observant. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Like I'd be walking down the street and I see like a, uh, like, I don't know, like somebody's behavior, like just eating something weird. I'm like, oh, that's. They have like, pica. Yeah, that pica. Like, <laughs> like why are they, Like, oh my goodness, what if they're anemic? Like, what if they have an iron deficiency? Like, that all those things like go through my head. Or are you looking at someone's nails, hmm. if it's clubbing. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, I saw clubbing the other day. I got so scared. I was like, do Doesn't I? Doesn't look weird. I was like, do I talk to this person about it? Do, I don't want to. Like, what if they know? They just don't want to. But I was just like, how do I go about this, right? And so, like, super sensitively, I'm like, hey, have your, has your nails always been like that? I, I don't mean to pry. It. they're like, no, just for a reason. i you should go get that check And
1: I think, like, for yeah. pre-meds that are listening, I think it's really important to have these patient experiences before. I mean, not everybody does, but I think it might yeah. be helpful to kind of give you a inside look and see, mm-hmm. give you this, like, aspect of medicine. It's really awesome to talk about in interviews I've had so many people talk to me about that already Mm -hmm. Michael included but um, (laughs) it's like it's just like interacting with patients really reminds you of why you're here
0: yeah which 100% which
1: definitely keeps me motivated I think throughout this failure and questioning and everything there's
0: no quiz score exam score that's gonna defeat that motivation in my heart for that afterwards yeah like
1: after I shadow even though I've like you know for some people bunny ears wasted that time instead of studying, Mm -hmm. I've like reignited that fire. Like this is, I remember why. It's all perspective.
0: It's all perspective. I feel like if, if you're not motivated to study and you're sitting there for hours on end, (laughs) right? No, seriously, if you're not motivated, you're not, you're passively absorbing. You're not actively incorporating knowledge. So
1: why not do something? Yeah.
0: Why not just do something different? Like I don't understand that. So.
1: We'll talk about that on another episode. (laughs) That's
0: on another episode, but yeah. Well, I think we talked a lot about today. There's, this is such a wide topic and yes. we had an opportunity to share kind of our, our own perspective. And honestly, the things that have kind of broken our heart, um, mm-hmm. Hannah knows I called her afterwards with the, with a very young patient. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: I just, just like, I, how do you, how does somebody have this kind of anyways? Yeah. So, but then I think our biggest takeaway, right? is like, it's a growing endeavor. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get it all together and lean on your community, have good boundaries with people. Um, because growing pains in medicine, like, they're tough, and they're meant to be tough. And medical school, medicine in general, can be very pervasive.
1: Like a placenta.
0: Medicine is a placenta. That is our, <laughs> on
1: us. <laughs>
0: that is that is our slogan from here on out. Medicine is a placenta. Yeah. But, yeah, I think um, we'll end it with there. And we're so excited to also get other guests to kind of share their pers- perspective on growing medicine as well. Woo-woo of Woof, indeed. So, all right, we're signing off. This is weird. Okay. This is weird. There's people
1: outside. You
0: can see the mountains. You can see the snow. Like, but guys, we're, we're, we're in a really <laughs> nice spot in California. Okay, like, I don't care what anybody says. It's nice out but here. But there's
1: still a lot of people watching this, like, this walking past. So we're going to check out.
0: Yeah, th- we'll, we'll give a proper, <laughs> not just ending up with... That's weird. <laughs> we'll get the proper checkout. Thank you guys for listening to the pre Rounds episode today. Hana's doing hearts. I am, love
1: you guys. I'm
0: doing I'm doing mini hearts.
1: Oh, yeah. We'll do And this one.
0: we will be back with more episodes similar like this. This one was a little bit heavy. We'll be back with fun ones soon. Yeah. But thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to Hana and I talk about our growing pains less far and i (laughs) promise there's gonna be more so yeah
1: follow us on social media if you have any questions or suggestions or want to be on the show um dm us if you know us text us send a raven send a raven oh a pigeon
0: or a pigeon we'll see you there